Hello, today I'm speaking with Pat East, Executive Director for The Mill here in Bloomington, Indiana. Pat, welcome to the WFHB Local News. Thanks for having me, Benny. Thank you so much. Uh, Tell me a little bit about what role have you played in growing new businesses here in Bloomington? Well, obviously, um, in my current role as executive director of The Mill, uh, I play a a big role in helping businesses get started, helping them grow, helping them accelerate. Uh, We have a ton of programming related to uh, entrepreneurship and uh, and just understanding how to build a company. Uh, Previously, um, I ran a company called Hannapin Marketing that I co-founded with my wife. Uh, I was CEO for uh, 16 years before we sold that. And then uh, I'm also an angel investor uh, and mentor to startups as well. So really kind of those three roles are, are, are what I've done in Bloomington in terms of helping helping startups. Well, it sounds like you're just the guy to be running the mill over there as the executive director. Uh, in your own words, could you tell me a little bit about what is the mill? So for folks who don't know the mill, what we always say is nine, uh, the mill is 90,000 square feet of co-working and incubator space. It's a, it's a pretty apt description because that's exactly what it is. What that means, though, is that um, we, we want to be the epicenter of everything entrepreneurship and startup in Bloomington. Um, and so if you are thinking about starting a company, we want you to eventually come here. Uh, if you're thinking about growing your company, accelerating, we want you to be here. Anything that has to do with company building uh, and startups and investment and uh, anything in that in that arena, whether it's innovation or technology, we ultimately want to be the epicenter for for all of that. So, uh, on its face, functionally, we're 19,000 square feet of co-working and incubator space. But ultimately, the role we want to play within our community is to. Uh, is to launch and accelerate companies, um, and we want to be uh, one stop along the way for anybody and everybody. Well, wow, it's really impressive. And for anyone that's been down to the mill, I feel as if they're equally impressed. It sounds like a very Silicon Valley or otherwise New York City type of place. Tell me, why did Bloomington need a space like the mill? Yeah, so Bloomington uh, needed a space like the mill for uh, for a few reasons. Um, one is that uh, you know this is a, a physical, tangible way of saying here's how we support entrepreneurship. Um, so people can literally look at the building and say, "Awesome, this is how the city invests." Uh, the second is that uh, our entrepreneurs were kind of splintered, uh, meaning everybody was off doing their own thing. Um, Some of us knew about the others, uh, but there really wasn't enough daily density uh, to generate momentum and build an ecosystem. So daily density would mean like, hey, we're running into each other uh, all the time. There really wasn't enough momentum uh, where one plus one could equal three. You know, at one point we had three Internet of Things companies, um, so very specialized startup companies, and two of them didn't even know about the other. Um, And so that's really kind of how... Uh, how splintered we were. And so, you know, the mill came along at at really kind of the perfect time for um, pulling everybody together and also showing people, uh, here's how Bloomington supports its entrepreneurs. That's a really fantastic resource to have here in town. And if you could depict for me, what does a day look like, an average day look like at the mill where people are colliding and sharing ideas and working and doing their own thing? 
Yeah, so a, a typical day um, is there's a lot of energy and activity here. That's kind of the, the theme from day to day. Uh, but on any given day, a portion of our, our 300 members are here. And they range from startups to freelancers to corporate employees uh, to consultants. They're taking meetings. They're in our call booths. They're in our conference rooms. They're in the cafe. They're in one of the lounge areas. Uh, they're making connections with other members. They may bring guests in uh, to, to meet with them. Uh, they might be doing their normal work, uh, right? Their normal computer or laptop work, but they're doing it from a remote setting. Um, and of course, pre-pandemic, we, we had a lot of events here. So we have an event probably every day or every other day, just about. And so pre-pandemic, a lot of our members would attend those events in the event hall and the classroom. That sounds like a really momentum building type of environment to be in. And being a group of people who use words like pivot and innovate and being in there doing that each day, how did all of you pivot during this pandemic? You know, so we had to pivot quite a bit during the pandemic. Um, at the very beginning, um, so call it mid, mid-March, we shifted to virtual programming. What we quickly realized, uh, along with the rest of the world, was that people were zoomed out. And so uh, we stopped doing a lot of that programming and we focused on the areas where we could make progress towards our mission of launching and accelerating startups that didn't require uh, face-to-face interaction. Uh, So we started a handful of programs. One was uh, Flywheel Fund. Uh, We started that in August with 10 investors writing $25,000 checks as a group. Uh, that went extraordinarily well, so we doubled down on that in April, um, just uh, uh, just last month, uh, with 50 investors writing $50,000 checks uh, as a group. Um, so that's gone extraordinarily well, created a lot more uh, startup investors and created another capital source for our startups. Code School was another pivot for us, so that came directly from the desire to create a short-term stimulus for the economy that also achieved a long-term goal, which is developing more programmers. Uh, The world has uh, about a million unfilled uh, programming positions, and so the more programmers we can create, the better. Uh, And so we started a a code school program, and we focus on training the unemployed and underemployed. In the fall, we expanded uh, Crossroads, which is our statewide pitch competition, with more judges, more startups, more sponsors, uh, more prizes. And then in the spring, we launched Crossroads Collegiate, um, which is our statewide pitch competition, but exclusively for colleges and universities. Uh, So we had uh, 15 different startups from colleges and universities and campuses all over Indiana participate. And uh, also in the spring, we launched uh, Reboot, which is our pre-accelerator for the formerly incarcerated. pulling in these uh, marginalized folks in society and kind of not just including them, but opening up the door and making sure they're included and helping them uh, launch and start businesses. So uh, those are all, uh, you know, myriad of different ways that that we pivoted uh, during the pandemic. uh, And they've all turned out, uh, they've all turned out extraordinarily well. That is a very, that's an intense amount of activity. It it sounds like the pandemic encouraged you to do even more and uh, true to the name of being innovators, you all have filled that role and, and performed those changes. Uh, yes. <laughs> the, the team is uh, extraordinarily smart and uh, extraordinarily hardworking. And so 
you know, the great thing during about working during a pandemic, particularly working at home, is you can be much more productive because you don't have a lot of those um, micro interruptions. And so they put down their heads and they got to work and we created a ton of programming that uh, we feel creates a lot of value for our members and for the community at large and uh, also generates revenue for us too. So we can uh, continue working towards our goal of becoming uh, self-sustainable. That's really great to hear. I wanted to take a quick step and uh, step back and ask a question about the Flywheel Fund, which I heard you mentioned as one of your recent initiatives. You know, one of the common criticisms of being in a small, um, undersized, you would say city like this, that's attempting to do uh, tech related things is funding. And so I heard you say that you had 50 investors writing $50,000 checks. Where do those investors come from? So uh, all of those investors are from, from Indiana. Majority, two thirds are about from, uh, from Bloomington. And so these are uh, generally folks with business backgrounds. So they're CEOs, they're presidents, they're vice presidents. We have a few professors at, uh, from IU Kelly. We have a few retired folks, retired executives. Uh, we have a handful of startup CEOs themselves that are uh, also investing. Uh, but they're but they're all from uh, a majority are from Bloomington. Of the fifty, about two thirds are are from Bloomington. Um, and kind of as a group, we pooled all of our money together and and we're writing fifty k checks as a group. And so it really creates a you know a nice uh, a nice pool of capital for our startups, but also creates more startup investors. You know, all these folks existed previously, but they were putting their money into other assets, into other uh, other asset classes like real estate. And really they just needed to be presented with a clear path to figure out how to start up invest. And uh, once they were presented with that clear path, a lot of folks signed up really quickly. And I imagine that there are a lot of other advantages that are leveraged by having that close community connection also for the startup founder. One of the things that has become a uh, very real and tangible competitive advantage for us as a fund competing against other other people who want to invest in these same startups is that we have 50 potential mentors that um, have a uh, background in 50 different uh, industries that have different perspectives and come from different walks of life. And so, um, so for sure, there's at least one uh, one mentor out of our 50 that is going to be able to give you some really good perspective on your business and meet with you on a regular basis. And so that's been something that has really been attractive to startups who have pitched us, being able to access all of that intelligence and those experiences. That's great. Uh, being a person who is formerly on a startup journey, I know how, uh, how valuable that can be. So the mill being there in that way and designing these programs with that uniqueness is really great to hear. Yeah, um, for sure. What kinds of lessons did you draw from the pandemic that you will use going forward? So all that innovation and, and all of that need to adapt, what did you draw from that that you're going to keep using in the future? You know, there's a bunch of lessons that I personally learned from the pandemic. So there's a, I'll kind of bucket this into some personal lessons and, and business lessons. So you know, the first is we can do hard things. The, living through the pandemic was not a easy thing, and really, we're still we're still living through it. You know, even though everybody's 
uh, can be vaccinated now. Um, and so things are largely opening up. We're still living through a pandemic and it was, was and still continues to be hard. And so just knowing that we can do hard things is really important. Uh, another is for better, for worse, uh, we've realized you don't have to be that smart to be a leader, uh, which is both emboldening for folks who want to lead uh, individually, but also terrifying as a community to know that uh, some of our elected officials, uh, particularly on our national level, uh, aren't as effective as we need them to be. I've, uh, you know, another one is I've doubled down on empathy and grace and flexibility. Um, you never knew what somebody was going through during COVID. And especially as daycare and school situations change, sometimes on a weekly basis, as uh, we as a society were figuring things out, we had to be extra flexible for people's individual schedules. You know, more on kind of the, the business side uh, in terms of lessons we've learned, you know, we've become much more comfortable launching new programs and knowing that some of them just won't work out. We planned on about $75,000 of revenue from three new programs we've launched this year. I think we'll end up getting about 30000 so uh, certainly less than half. Um, and we're okay with that because A, we still generate revenue and B, we, we learn plenty of things. Um, we don't have to have 100% success rate for every new program we launch. And so we kind of intellectually knew that before, but we've become much more comfortable with that approach now. Uh, and then the last thing uh, that's uh, really been highlighted for us is uh, the power of connections and networks has just become much more uh, striking uh, post pandemic. Um, so the work we did required lots of help from other people. Uh, and had we not had some of those relationships developed already, we wouldn't have been successful. Um, some of those things required people um, stopping on a dime for us and helping us out. Um, others required people taking a chance on, on a new program. And because they already knew us, we were able to leverage that uh, pre-existing relationship for, to get them to help us. If we not had some of those relationships in place, it would have been much more difficult. And so... Uh, that power of connections and, and networks has uh, really become, it, it's always been important. Your network is your net worth, as some people like to say, but it's really become much more heightened um, because of COVID. Surely. And and as much as that is a great saying, it, it seems as if during COVID and the pandemic, we really truly felt and learned those virtues of people and their real value and being able to lean on others and, and connect just to get through. Tell me, what are some ways that the people of Bloomington can get involved down at the mill? There's a bunch of different ways people can get involved. Uh, first is get a membership. Uh, there's part-time and full-time options. Uh, you can also get a day pass just to check things out. Uh, if you haven't visited the mill, I really encourage you to, uh, to just stop by for a free tour. Uh, the architects did a phenomenal job of marrying the old with the new and renovating this um, central old furniture factory for uh, for the new economy and this new way of working. Um, so that's the first way. We're going to restart some of our programming uh, in the summertime. So one of our most popular events was a Collide, which is a monthly mixer of technology and innovation professionals. Uh, we'd have a speaker and lunch from a food truck. So be on the lookout for a new announcement about that probably later this summer. And then the uh, kind of final way you can get involved with the mill is if you have a business idea or you want to grow a business um, or, or if you have a business idea and you want to start a business, 
or you have an existing business and want to grow it, um, you should contact our entrepreneur in residence. So we have a full-time person on staff whose job is literally to be a full-time mentor to companies, uh, to teach them all the things they need to know in building their company. And so his name is Cy Minion. Uh, he is from Bloomington, has been living in various parts of the U.S., running startups and investing uh, for the last 20 years in Seattle, in the Bay, in Austin. Uh, and he's come back here to help us uh, build up our ecosystem here. Um, his email address is C-M-E-G-N-I-N at ElevateVentures.com. Uh, so if you have a business idea and want to start a business or have an existing business and want to grow, Sai uh, is definitely the right person to contact. That's really great. And I know that spending time down at the mill myself, it is a great space to spend time in. You talked about the work done to make it a pleasing space, not just to work in, but also to hang out in. And give me a quick rundown. What are some of the, what's some of the pricing for getting a membership part-time, full-time? And if I just wanted a day pass to check things out. So the, the easiest entry point is a day pass just to check things out. And that's $20. Um, you can sign up online and then uh, you'll get uh, email confirmation of that and instructions on, on how to actually use that uh, whenever you're ready. Uh, the part-time passes, uh, we actually have two of those. One is a daytime pass. One is a nighttime and weekends pass. Uh, those are $90 per month. And then we have a full-time option as well. So um, that is $185 for a hot desk which means that uh, if there is an open desk, you're able to access that whenever you, uh, you're able to access that as long as nobody else is using it. And there's um, a dedicated desk option that is 385 per month, uh, which means that that desk is reserved for you 24 seven, 365, and nobody else can use it. You can leave your stuff here overnight. It's a, it's a more permanent solution. And back to the uh, entrepreneur in residence program that you've got there with Cy Minion, that's a really unique and valuable asset, it seems. And uh, I know we all like to pitch each other on our ideas just out in public and as friends, but how does that interaction go? Is it just as easy as shooting Cy an email and saying, hey, here's my idea? That is as easy as it actually is. It's just send Cy an email. He'll reply back um, with a potential meeting times for you. You book a meeting time and then uh, and then you just talk um, anywhere from 15 to 30 minutes, that initial Zoom call. Um, and then and then from there, um, you all can figure out exactly uh, what to do, whether you should meet again, whether there's some contacts you should make, whether he can introduce you to some folks uh, and try to get you some other resources. So really, it literally is just as simple as sending him an email. Now, I know for you and other entrepreneurs who've been here locally doing your thing and working really hard, it's been a long time coming for the Dimension Mill. It seemed as if this uh, idea was around in various formations before, and now it's here and it's rocking. Give me a little bit of your thoughts on how the Bloomington tech industry has evolved over the years. And then uh, as a follow-up to that, what do you see for the future of the mill? You're right. The the technology um, the technology scene, the startup ecosystem here has has evolved quite a bit over the years, and it's evolved in a bunch of different ways. You know, the the main one is uh, the investments made. So renovating the mill itself was a, a really large financial investment from the city of Bloomington. 
maybe the largest of its kind in Bloomington, specifically for startups and trying to um, create jobs and grow wages. Uh, but it's not just a financial investment, uh, it's time as well. So we have, uh, just as one example, our board is 16 people strong who give their time and talent and treasure to helping us become more successful. I just had a board meeting this morning, uh, not even a couple of hours ago, and it was uh, 16 people who were all giving me advice and different perspectives and connections. And uh, it was 90 minutes of uh, just a injection of uh, really smart people helping us become even more successful. You know, another way we've evolved uh, and, and something that's changed over the years is, you, you know, what the definition of a technology business is. You know, we previously defaulted to the stereotypical idea of a startup being run out of a basement or a garage with two or three guys who just graduated from college. Um, and that's really not what startups look like anymore. You know, they're generally started by folks in their 30s and 40s. You know, why obviously have the mill now. And so it's not just working out of a basement or, or a garage. Uh, you know, these are generally uh, colleagues who you've met throughout the years and not just childhood friends you've grown up with. You know, my previous company, Hannapin Marketing, uh, wouldn't have been included in this kind of stereotypical startup definition. But it is now because it's a it's an innovation driven company. You know, we created jobs and grew wages and brought in money from outside of the city. Uh, it was one of the first digital advertising agencies globally. And so, you know, it didn't used to fit kind of the stereotypical definition, but we've kind of brought in that definition to include a lot more companies um, and to make sure that that we're growing um, all parts of the economy, not just kind of these um, stereotypical um, startups being run out of a basement, uh, you know, from from uh, uh, from college friends who are you know twenty somethings and, and trying to give it a go. So it's a much more inclusive uh, ecosystem now. Great. And uh, coming up on this three year anniversary, what do you see here in the future for the mill? So uh, we are about to celebrate our three-year three-year anniversary. We're at uh, just over two and a half years now, um, and so the first three years we're really focused on getting our operations solid, figuring out co-working and events, uh, and then of course you have to layer on surviving a pandemic on top of that. Um, and so we, you know, we've exited the pandemic for the most part much stronger than we entered it, uh, which is a great position to be in. Uh, the next three years are really going to be focused on launching and accelerating companies and continuing investments in building our startup infrastructure. So creating more resources and assets for people to be able to start companies and to launch and accelerate those companies. Uh, the mill's always been a place to start things. Uh, the first three years was literally starting the mill itself and getting our own feet underneath us. And then the next three years, will be the mill um, starting and helping even more companies. There you have it. If you're looking to get involved in innovation, tech, and all things startup, or just looking for a great community, it's right here in your backyard. Pat East, Executive Director for The Mill in Bloomington, Indiana. Thank you again for your time. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me, Benny.